it's like going to Vegas every single day of your life. It is, um, <laughs> one of, it, is, it is, it is a very polarizing experience because one day you feel like a complete rock star because the product's doing well and everything's going great and we're going to sell out, you know, four o'clock or we think, you know, and then the next day, like nobody's buying. <laughs> What's up? Thank you so much for stopping by the Biz Women Rock podcast. I'm so very excited that you're here. I'm Katie Kremitzos. This podcast exists because it is a place for you to access very authentic stories from business women. So you can hear the ups, the downs, the tools, the strategies, all sorts of good stuff so that you can let it impact your business the way that you need to right now. If this is your first time stopping by the podcast, thank you so much. I really appreciate that you're here. If you're a longtime listener, you rock, you're awesome. Thank you so much for coming back and listening to these stories. There always, always is something to learn here. And whether you're new or a longtime listener, make sure that you go opt in at bizwomenrock.com because you will not only get updated on what's going on on the podcast, but you will definitely get into the trenches of the entire Biz Women Rock community, which includes a lot of phenomenal resources for you, okay? bizwomenrock.com. Jana Francis is my guest today, and she's the founder of the mother company called Steals.com, as in, you know, I just got a good steal on that on those jeans. Um, it started out back in 2008 as BabySteals.com, and uh, now has one, two, three, I, th- I believe five different kind of subcategories of uh, type of Steals.com, like KidsSteals.com. Um, uh, scrapbooksteals.com, uh, shesteals.com, everything for women. So there's a bunch of different stuff that she does, but the mother company is steals.com. Now, Jana's story is so fascinating because she really was a pioneer in these types of uh, kind of deal-a-day websites because this was before Groupon existed. And so she really walks through the evolution of her business, how she really got it started, um, why she has so distinguished herself from all of the like the onslaught of deal a day websites and businesses that are out there, and you're gonna, you're man, you're gonna hear it in her, in her voice because she is so passionate about what she is and what she is not, uh, which I love, of course. So we go into really great detail about a couple of things: how she actually curates and sources all of the products that are featured uh, for her deal of the day. Um, and how challenging that actually really is and how she does things very differently than other e-commerce websites do, deal-a-day websites do. Um, we go into how she prioritizes her day, which is really awesome. And we talk about how she manages it all, which don't we all really want to hear everyone else's you know, version of that. So let's go ahead and get into our interview with Jana. Jana, what's going on, girl? Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited you're here. I'm like giddy in my chair right now because when I <laughs> I am, uh, by the time you hear this, it will be in September and I will literally just be about to have my baby, my very first baby. Hello. And so even right now, I'm like, I'm searching for all sorts of like baby deal type stuff. And so wouldn't you know it, just as the universe works, like I'm I'm doing my research for you and I was like, OMG, this is the most awesome thing ever. 
<laughs> so I'm personally, as a consumer, I'm personally excited about what you do. As an entrepreneur, I am definitely excited about the business that you have built because I think it's absolutely fascinating and I think it's something that we can all learn from. So um, can you just do kind of do a little description as far as to how this company really started in the first place? Like, how did you get this idea of, I'm going to build this this whole, you know, e-commerce website, and this is what I'm going to do? Yeah. Sure. So I had worked the majority of my career in media in uh, here in uh, Salt Lake City, Utah, and in mostly in digital advertising sales, radio sales, television, and that kind of thing. And so, um, first of all, because of that, I was a, you know, full-time career woman, if you will, and I had two boys, and I was pregnant with my third after my seventh year um, at this particular company, which is the NBC affiliate in Salt Lake City uh, called KSL. And um, toward the end of my tenure there, I was the director of sales for the um, .com property, which is KSL.com, which um, is quite the phenomenon in, uh, I should even say, the, the western U.S., um, or at least states surrounding Utah. Okay. Um, it's it's quite a, uh, an amazing website. So I was in charge of, um, for the radio side of KSL, because it was also the NBC affiliate, we were, um, you know, driving revenue for digital sales. And this is clear back, and to put it in perspective, this is clear back in 2005 and six when digital media was relatively new to yeah. a market like mine. Now, I had uh, lived in Silicon Valley from... 96 to 99 and that was like living in utah from 2004 to 2008 <laughs> only because um utah was a lot it, silicon valley was quite ahead of the times um that being said i was looking for so here i am a, a full-time career woman in um advertising and, and there was a few things that were going on in parallel one i knew from so many tests in advertising with lots and lots and lots of different companies over the years, the concentration was key. And what I mean by that is when you're trying to get your business out there, um, it's a lot better to concentrate in one particular area, depending on the medium, of course, but um, to concentrate versus to spread it out really thin over a whole bunch of places. So that was one thing that was happening. And, and that was a very well-proven theory among traditional broadcast um, advertising, meaning television, radio, but it was very untested um, over digital media. And the theory with many new advertisers to digital media was, oh, well, I can just put, you know, a little bit of money on this website and a little bit on that one and that one and that one and spread it out evenly. And then I can touch everybody, you mm-hmm. know, and everybody will see my message. And, and I didn't believe that that was true. And after a lot of testing, I proved that it was not true. I learned um, with proof over time that... Um, concentration was key even in digital media. So that was one thing that was happening. And another thing that was happening was here I am pregnant with my third child. I have two boys that had been six years since I'd had a baby and it's a, I'm having a girl. And I was, my friends called me the dot-com princess and they always uh, <laughs> sort of knew that I was the person to go to to find the best price for the best brand anywhere online. And, and, and that doesn't sound like that big of a deal now, but way, 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 way back in 2006, which seems not that long ago, but it kind of is. Like um, the ice age of the internet, online let's be honest. Being, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, iPhones didn't even exist, for crying out loud. And, um, <laughs> and online shopping in Utah was a relatively new thing. So 
um, my friends were always coming to me saying, hey, where do I get those kinds of jeans online at the best price? And is online shopping safe? And, you know, all these kinds of things. So um, once I'm pregnant with my, my girl, I start looking online, you know, when I get home at night for the latest and greatest, like, man, it's been six years. So many things have changed in the baby world. And what's hip and what's cool? And um, I really want to know what the best crib is. And are we using bumper pads now? And are you supposed to put them on their back or their side? And what do you do now? Because believe it or not, you know, six years is, is um, an eternity in the baby world. So right. as I'm doing that, I'm realizing that there really isn't a place online that I could find that really spoon-fed a busy mom like me just one thing at a time. I did not have the time to scour the Internet for everything um, as it related to baby. And when I did, um, e-commerce at the time was very juvenile, if you will, so to speak. It was... Um, Barely a picture in the price, especially as it um, related to um, products that cater toward women, because really the Internet was um, very geared toward men at the time. And so um, as, I'm, as I'm looking online for the latest and greatest products, I realized, man, I just, this is crazy. I really wish there was just someone who was in the know and that was really hip and trendy and cool that could just spoon feed me in small bite-sized pieces, because I'm a busy mom, just send it to me every day, do the work for me, tell me what's hip and cool, but also give it to me at a great price, because I don't want to spend more than I have to, especially because I'm having a baby, and, you know, funds are tight, so um, once I realized there really wasn't a site like that, I decided to create it, and, and when I'm talking earlier about the digital advertising parallel, I knew that concentration was key, and I realized a similarity in what I wanted versus what I had learned in advertising, which is concentration. Mm. I wanted to look at one thing at a time and be taught about it and then move on. And so that's kind of where um, Baby Steals came about was I realized, man, if I could find a way to really market one brand at a time and serve it up on a silver spoon all and, and put this one brand that, that is hip and trendy and cool um, to, you know, a niche audience of people, um, I wonder what would happen if, if I could figure out how to do that because I couldn't find anybody else that was. Hmm. And this, keep in mind, was 18 months before Groupon even started. Wow. Yeah, so, so that concept wasn't even out there. No, there was no such thing as a Daily Deal website for women. So um, I started to realize that is what I want. And, you know, I was a little bit of a girl geek for a lot of different reasons. I was, a raised, I was raised by an engineer and had little Apple IIEs in every room of the house <laughs> when nobody had computers in their home. Right. And so I just figured, you know, if this doesn't exist, I wonder what it would look like if I could create it. So the other thing that happened was I have my sweet little baby girl and I have a six and a half week maternity leave. And I, I was kind of devastated the whole time in a way. I mean, I love the time off, but I was also so nervous about that one day where I had to go back to work and figure out how I was going to function as a busy mom right. um, with a newborn in a full-time career that really had zero flexibility, you know, and how it's going to be a nursing mom in a man's world and that kind of a thing. So um, away from my daughter. So uh, when I left the driveway to go back to work on that day back, um, it just all hit me at once that why in the world, you know, I, I am a smart girl and I've got to find a way where, I can, at least for now, um, find a way where I can make, you know, either my obsession, my profession, um, or, you know, just at least be able to work from home and make enough money to get by while I can use my kids. Because, again, my, my oldest was 12 and my middle 
was six and then I had a wow. newborn and I really wanted to for once be able to be home with my kids. So all those things happened at once and it just hit me, wow, I really should try this. I mean, right. I would love a website like that and I don't find, I can't find anything like it. So maybe I should go for it. And it took me 18 months, but, um, one year ago or seven years ago, sorry, um, from tomorrow I, I launched it and, um, I guess the rest is history. Wow. <laughs> I just have to interrupt here for a second. Did you say a six-week maternity leave? Six weeks? Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I can't even yeah, fathom six- that. That is crazy. No way. Okay, so um, yeah. um, so let's talk about this 18-month time span. So you decide, like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure this out. And then you spend the next 18 months figuring it out before you actually launch. What kind of things were you preparing in that besides just the website stuff, obviously, because that's really technical. But I mean, you so what you do, I mean, you were really having to like now source product. So how did you start those relationships with people who could provide enough product? How were you building a list of people who would be interested in this so that when you did launch, you had people to launch too? like what were some of those steps of, of things you needed to prepare in order to have a viable live business when you did go go live? <laughs> that is the question of the day. <laughs> I look back even today as I reminisce a lot about my seven years and go, I am so glad that I was so naive back then because now knowing what I know, I don't know that I would ever have been able to launch the business <laughs> because I just had no idea how much it would actually take to pull something like this off every single day for this long. And, um, so what I really did first to get started was just, um, I just made sure that every single day I took one step forward, you know, in the early days, once I started thinking about it and thinking about it. And once I made the decision to commit, um, you know, of course it was difficult because I was, you know, mainly the breadwinner for the family and, um, and had to work full time and I'd have my newborn, but I just made sure that every day, if I hadn't done one thing to take that dream a step forward, then I would not go to bed until I did at least one thing, whether it was research, the way people, um, uh, like I remember little things like reading how people's eyes scanned the laptop or I mean the desktop screen at the Hmm. time there was no laptop, um, like where their eyes go on the screen and, um, just little things, every single thing I could do to research, um, usability, e-commerce, um, brands, you name it. Um, I did something every single day to take a step forward and I never, ever, ever let it drop. And, um, and then once I started getting closer, I would say, um, six months before I really, you know, turned the heat on to the point that, you know, my weekends were pretty much for the most part enveloped in this idea, but it was really tough because at the time nobody knew what a daily deal website was. There wasn't anything that really existed. And the, and the, um, juvenile industry itself, was um, just that, if you will, around e-commerce as well. And so it was really this sort of, I felt kind of like I was bushwhacking through the forest a lot, trying to, you know, um, get people to believe in my idea more than, um, you know, I have to do nowadays because it's just a different time. But um, that being said, I, um, it was, it was all this process around just taking it uh, one step at a time, and I didn't buy any of the product, of course, until I got very, very close to launch because I knew that product life cycles and those kinds of things, um, that product could get um, 
you know, uh, how do you say, well, we call it, um, you know, we call it spoiled milk um, in our company if, if you've had a product for too long. Um, so I wanted to make sure that I really didn't commit to any products until probably a month before launch because mm. um, I also wanted to make sure I had a viable website going. So I really took it in, looking back, I took it in some pretty logical phases around, you know, the building of the website and the building of the logo and that kind of thing. And I didn't start to market it at all until one month before, but it was a little bit too early. I committed to a baby show, and this is kind of a funny story, but I committed to a baby expo um, in January that was at the end of March, and I thought it was going to be that my website would have been launched by then. And it wasn't. But um, I had already committed money to go to this expo. But what I did have was I had my logo created. I had the majority of the website built, but I didn't really, it wasn't able to show anybody live. And so I created a PowerPoint presentation um, that showed some of the products that I was already, you know, planning on uh, featuring mm-hmm. and, and the marketing collateral that I'd written um, 18 months earlier, that, which was, you know, one deal a day for baby maternity stuff. It's not just a deal, it's a steal, amazing customer service, fast shipping, you know. Um, and then I rotated these things on a PowerPoint presentation. I took my flat screen television and plugged it into a computer. And I stood there for two days straight with my baby on my hip <laughs> and talked to every mom that I could wow. that walked by me about this little daily deal website that was a month away from launch. But please give me your email and you'll be the first to know when we launch. And um, so I got 162 emails that day wow. for those two days. And um, those 162 emails ended up, you know, really fueling our first day, which was a month later. It, it ended up building quite a bit of excitement because people really were excited about the idea. And it fueled me even more, too, to see how excited people were. Like, oh, wow, I want deals. Like, I can't wait for your website. And then All I right. started getting emails. I passed out business cards. You know, I started getting emails. When does your site launch? I, I told my mom and my sister and a couple of my neighbors. And nice. Um, so by the time we launched, we had you know a really decent amount of traffic for only getting 162 emails. And of course, we sent it out to our family and friends and that kind of thing. Please tell everybody you know. <laughs> but we did absolutely zero paid marketing beyond that expo. Wow. Within the first several years of the business. So so. So I want to move just into present tense for a second because I, the topic of how you curate your your items is really fascinating to me. So what what process have you gone through to be able to find the best you know products that you're going to offer? Kind of what's new and what's exciting and what's uh, you know trending or all that sort of stuff. Like how does your team really work that out and figure out? Okay, this is going to be a good seller, and this is how. This is the kind of deal that we can get from it because they're going to sell it to us either, you know, lower than what they would normally sell it to. So, like, get, explain that whole process on how you get the deal, how you how you come up with the particular product and that whole process. Sure. So um, one thing that is a guarantee is that we really only work with products and brands that are really high quality. And then we also um, work directly with the brand 99% of the time. So we're not dealing with any middlemen, so to speak, and we're not, um, we also buy the product in advance, which is very, very, very different than a lot of the deal of the days that have popped up. They may just sell you a voucher to another website, or they may, um, they may not even have the product at all. They say they do, but the consumer doesn't really know that it's going to take six to eight weeks to even get to you because 
the e-commerce site doesn't even have the inventory to ship to you. They're just taking pre-orders, mm. right? And we've never done it that way, and nor will we ever do it that way. Um, because I believe, well, first of all, babies should grow fast. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, by, if you wait that long, they're going to be grown out of it. And um, and second of all, when you order something online, you need it, right? right. And um, I, I'm very passionate about the experience of e-commerce shopping, and I feel like um, there's been some websites that have cropped up in the last several years that have really done some damage to uh, the e-commerce experience in general, just around the fact that they don't have the product and you have to wait so long to get it shipped. But um, but that being said, uh, we really pride ourselves on working directly with the manufacturer. And to be honest, it's a numbers game. So it takes probably 20 to 25 companies that we contact or contact us because we do get you know, a lot of incoming requests that of companies that want to become the steel of the day. So mm-hmm. it's about 20 to 25 that we talk to that actually turns into one steel. And, um, and it, it's, it's, a, it's a big equation because we may find an amazing product that our team absolutely loves because we always ask for a sample in advance if we are not already very familiar with the brand or product. Right. And somebody on our team, on the buying team, um, you know, has to have used it and loved it and, and really know that this is, this is a big deal and we like this for this reason. And you'll see that on our site kind of um, explained where we have this, um, we have two things. We have, we handpicked this and it's right at the top of our page. You can't miss it on the mm-hmm. right. And it explains why we picked this product over anything else. And then we also have uh, quite often what we call a mom testimonial, someone on our staff that says, here's why I personally love this and here's how it's worked for me. Hmm. And um, so we turn down a lot and it kind of breaks my heart because I really, sometimes I, I want to help everybody and like, oh man, I'd love to have this company on, but they may not have enough inventory. Right. Um, they may not um, have the quality standards that we need. They may not have been in business long enough. That's another big key is that um, you really can't say that you have good quality standards until you have been in business long enough because until consumers get the product out in, in volume, you really can't judge whether it's truly a quality product or not, right? Right. And so it is hard. It really is hard to find the perfect steel of the day because of all those things. Again, enough inventory, high-quality product, been around long enough to really test the product tried and true. Um, so it's, uh, it's kind of a – that is one of the hardest things that we do is source product. How do, you uh, guys, far. how do you guys figure out how much to buy? Because you're pre-buying all this stuff, which means like, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure that pre-buying. you've, yeah, you, I'm sure you've had to kind of like figure out your own internal equation throughout the years because, you know, uh-huh. how do you figure out the ideal so you don't have spoiled milk there? You know, you don't have a ton of product that yep. didn't sell. It's like going to Vegas every single day of your life. It is, <laughs> um, it is, it is. It is a very polarizing experience because one day you feel like a complete rock star because the product's doing well and everything's going great and we're going to sell out, you know, four o'clock or we think, you know, and then the next day, like nobody's buying and you just feel, you know, it's really scary because you've got this staff of people that, you know, you got to support and that's your only stream of revenue because we do not have ads on our site. That's another thing is I despise, despise online ads even though I sold them for many, 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 many years. <laughs> but I refuse to put them on the homepage of babystills.com. Although, over the years, the amount of ad revenue I could have made had I done that would be 
kind of a, a mind-boggling number. Yeah. But that being said, um, that is not what the site was built for. Um, it was built for curating amazing products every day to moms like me not to not to get people to come to your site so you can feed them the cheesy out of the day, you know? Right. And so, um, anyway, um, it is the hardest thing that we do is A, sourcing a product, and B, trying to decide how much to buy. Everything else around our business, we have completely, completely dialed. But I don't know that there is a way to solve what we call the, the crystal ball problem, meaning how in the world are we going to buy enough of this? Because there's two sides of the equation. Sometimes we don't buy enough and we sell out too fast. Right. And that's just as detrimental to the company as, um, as buying too much and committing and then having it completely left over. Um, but uh, that being said, we have been incredibly fortunate in the, in the way we curate the products and knowing you know, just really being dialed into the industry and knowing what moms like and what product categories and that kind of thing. But we don't get it right all the time. And um, that is exactly why what I mentioned earlier, most and many e-coms, I don't know that most is the right answer for that, but many in our space that have cropped up, um, that is why they don't commit to the inventory because there is no way to know. Right. And, you know, investors, it's a lot sexier to an investor when you don't have the risk. Mm. And I don't know of any other company like ours that is, um, you know, cropped up without investors. And so um, they want to know, you know, wh- you know, what's your risk profile and all those other things. And ours is high because, again, we're committing and, um, and we just, there is no way to know. But for the most part, we've done really, really well. Our, our, we, we sell out 65% of the time, not necessarily in the 12 hours, but sometime within the first three to four days of the feature because you can still, you know, if you miss the steel, I mean, if we sell out, you miss it entirely. But um, if the steel ends and we have a new steel of the day in that 12 hours right. and you still want to go see if we have more, you can click the past steels link on the top left of any of our websites because we have, um, we have baby steels, which was our first, but we also have kids steels and we have she steels, which is all products for women, mm-hmm. everything from shoes to cooking stuff to home decor accessories, footwear, apparel, all the good stuff. And then we have uh, scrapbook steals as well for moms that are really into paper crafting and, and crafts and stuff. So um, you can just click the past deals link on any of those websites and it'll take you back to anything we still have in stock that you missed. And, and actually that's quite, quite, quite popular for people that want to, um, they're not necessarily in as big of a hurry to buy and they're not totally color or brand specific, but they really want to just get a good deal, then they can combine shipping across any of our websites later on, if we still have it. It's still a risky game on their side, but um, but that is that has helped us a ton for being able to clear, you know, the majority of our inventory. Right. So we really don't have an inventory problem, believe it or not, but it does take a couple people on staff to consistently manage that. Right. Um, Jenna, I'm curious how, uh, like what manners are you relying on your marketing or, or being strategic about your marketing? Like, how are you out there? And I mean, my guess is that you're constantly driving people to get on your email list because email is like one of the major ways that you're, you know, deploying your, your deals. So how are you doing that? How, like, what funnel do you have for that? And what's, what marketing strategies do you have that actually do a really good job of making sure more and more people are signing up on your email list? Well, those strategies have really dramatically changed over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have a marketing budget, so let me start there. We um, really spend very, very little to on paid advertising at all. 
um, when we do, it's typically what I call in a permissioned environment, meaning more like an expo or a sponsorship of a baby show or something that um, is relevant to the customer, but we don't do very much um, interruptive advertising at all. Right. Uh, because our company really was centered around the what I call permission marketing, and, and that was really a Seth Godin thing if you're a Seth fan. Mm-hmm. Um, he talks a lot about permission marketing, and, and that's really, you know, what what we've done here at, at steals.com. But um, Facebook originally in the early days was a huge driver of business for us. We had um, one of the first, like with, with the day that they launched the ability to create um, a brand page for your brand, we had one for Baby Steals that very day. I've, I've always been kind of an early adopter to social media. So mm-hmm. um, I created a page for Baby Steals the day that you could um, for brands and then um, just consistently use that to communicate because um, at the time, you know, being a small little bootstrapped business, it was a great way to access your fans. Right. Then fast fast forward to now, it is a horrible way to access your fans because they've blocked basically the ability to post to them unless you pay for it. So right. even with on Baby Steals alone, I think the company itself has about a half a million uh, fans in total, but on Baby Steals alone, there's about 300,000 fans and our posts may go to like 500 total people. What? And, and wow. Le- yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Unless we pay for it and or right. unless there, it's like some useless clickbait article, which is what their alg- algorithm is really giving um, preferential treatment to right now, which is all the dumb little, uh, mom did this, and then you will not believe what happened next. You know, those dumb little BuzzFeed right. things that click get people into clicking to their site so they can serve them ads and get paid per click. But, um, or per thousand, I should say. But um, anyway, so Facebook is not a part of our strategy as much as it used to be, but it used to be phenomenal for us. Um, so we really have um, switched a lot more over to email marketing. Um, but it is tough for us for a couple reasons. It, it's very different from the traditional retailer or the traditional business because we, we have two seals a day for four websites. Wow. And so it's a, a really lot. unique challenge to figure out. Yeah. So it's a unique challenge to figure out, okay, how many of our people want every email, meaning they want to know the scrapbooks deal and the sheath deal and the baby right. deal and the kids deal, and they want it twice a day, and how many people only want the scrapbooks deal and how many people only want the baby deal. So email marketing has cost us a, a fortune over time, and it's, if anything else, for any other reason, just that it is really complicated, um, you'd think that a deal of the day would be really simple, and it's it's actually a lot more complicated than um, than just traditional retail because everything is built for traditional retail. Nothing's right. really built for the deal of the day, and and the expectations are also set by traditional retailers. Meaning, people are used to getting a couple emails a week from their favorite online store, right, right? Right. But here we are saying sign up for the daily deal and we have a steal at, you know, in the morning and in the afternoon in the night. And so all of a sudden you're looking at, you know, two emails a day from just one of our websites. And right. we've, we've done a how- really good job. Yeah. Times four sites. But exactly. we've now done a really great job um, aggregating our list and that you can come up with different preferences so you can, it's one combined email, but you can say, I want the baby steal and the she steal, so we combine them into one email and stuff. But that also dilutes the message for the individual sites. And 
I don't know. It's um, it's a big challenge for us um, that we are constantly going back and forth on. You know, what would the right strategy be, and what would we have done in the past? If, but we're, um, I think we're pretty close to getting it figured out. Um, we're, it's doing really well for us, but it's absolutely our number one channel for sure, right. other than direct. Um, we do get a tremendous amount of people that just since since our site is by appointment. You know, that's that's one of the nice things is people know that. Wherever their time zone is, we market that it's 8 a.m. Pacific right. because, the, you know, we have a highest concentration of, you know, California is our number one state. Um, so we, we really cater toward Pacific time zone in our marketing. But um, but so, since people know when to come back by appointment, um, direct has always been number one. Right. Um, in all of these years and the building of this company that has built into a, a really decent sized company and the staff that you have has grown, um, how are you prioritizing your day? Like what, what tools do you use? What habits do you have to make sure that you're getting the most important things done to continue moving all of these businesses forward? Well, that's a really good question because I ask myself that every day <laughs> because, you know, when you have so many people on staff and you have get so many, I get so many emails, it is, it is so overwhelming. Um, and what I make sure I do is not pay enough attention to my email. And what that means is what I have found is when I keep my email inbox super, super clean, I may feel productive personally, but I am not working on the... Um, biggest initiatives for my business because what I'm doing at that point is being reactive to what other people want me to do versus proactive for what my company needs. And so I have to consciously ignore my email inbox beyond that being said, I'm, I'm actually quite good at responding and probably much better than most because I'm kind of a cyber nerd and, uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm one of those people that are tethered at all times and, you That's know, great. work 18 hours a day. But that being said, I do not prioritize my day around email and I just work off of my task list instead and make sure that, you know, I'm meeting with my management team um, on a weekly basis and we're talking about, you know, our, 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 how we did the week, be- the week prior and what we need to do the week coming up. And what are our top goals for this coming week? And and then quarterly meet with my management team around what are our top initiatives for the next quarter? What are the biggest needs for the company? And that kind of thing. So um, I think that would be one of my tips as I try to, it's not that I ignore my email, but I don't prioritize my day around what comes in my inbox. Right. Unless it's, of course, you know, it's all relative to what it is, but if, if something from the inbox hits my task list, then it right. gets prioritized. But you're um, making you're making me feel really good about having a lot of unread emails right now because I'm too busy working <laughs> on the business in order to check them. <laughs> As, I mean, I actually you know ha- I actually have that same philosophy, which is like, you know what? I will get to my email when I need to get there. If it's a total emergency, somebody will call me, and um, and that is usually the last thing I look at at the end of the day. Like the first things I'm doing are like, what do I need to? What are the major tasks that I need to work on? And that. It's been a huge help. Now, I definitely, unfortunately, have like, you know, this lineup of like, oh, crap, I forgot to respond to that. But, you know, like I'm constantly catching up on that. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, I had a lot of guilt around doing that. And I was getting a lot of flack like, oh, man, you're look how many emails you have. That's crazy. How can you even stay sane? And I'm like, well, I'm staying sane because I feel like I'm working on what's important, not 
and what I need to do for the business, not what, um, yeah. you know, other people need me to do for them. So yeah, anyway, oh, I love that. Um, I want to conclude this by asking the question, which I think every mompreneur is wondering right now, which is you started this business because you wanted to be you know, at home with your kids, raising your kids, it is very obvious that you're very like plugged into your businesswoman, very busy, like in a good way. How do you manage the roles of mom, the roles of wife, the role of, you know, leader of this company and, and bushwhacker, you know, being an innovator in this industry in so many respects? How are you managing all of that? It's a very good question. <laughs> I ask myself this every day. Um, I, again, uh, you hit on a really big touch point. I, I started this business to, you know, spend more time with my family and, and have a lot more flexibility in my life. And um, I wouldn't say I spend more time with my family. But what I can say is that um, that I have the flexibility to do so um, when it needs to be. And what I did not have before in a traditional corporate 8 to 8, right, 8 a.m. Right. to 8 p.m. in the office, no going anywhere other than your two weeks vacation. Um, I know for sure that I'm never going to miss anything that's important to my family or my kids now. Right. You know, I, I just simply don't miss it. And neither do my employees, by the way. Um, we've made that very, very clear with everyone. And I think that's one of the things that our employees really love about steals.com is they have the family flexibility to be able to not miss those things. And it's always been just such a big hot button for me. So, so I make sure, you know, I used to not be able to drop my daughter off or get her ready in the morning because I had to be to work before she ever went to school. And um, I, I get her dressed every morning and do her hair and, you know, sit next to her for almost a half hour, 45 minutes while she very slowly eats her breakfast. <laughs> and I'm doing emails and stuff, but, you know, we hang out and we have our, you know, mommy Jane time. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I'm usually off to work for the day and, and sometimes, and actually most of the time, well, well, well into the night, um, my husband's a chiropractor, and he has a really flexible schedule because he's self-employed as well. So he mostly takes the afternoons and, um, you know, does the whole dinner thing. And it doesn't mean I'm never home for dinner, but to be honest, in the last couple of years, um, I'm not a lot more than I wish I, I... I want to be home a lot more than I am. I, I did not start this so that I'd be working all the time, but I right. keep feeling like there's just this light yeah. at the end of the tunnel and if I just keep pushing keep pushing keep pushing I'll have enough staff to be able to you know take over some of these you know dreadful tasks that take so long or whatever it may be and still not there yet seven years in and I think that's a misconception when you start a business oh yeah I'll get it going and then I'll hire people to do all that and then I'll just be the owner and I'll sit back and watch the thing grow and I'm sure that there's some businesses out there that that's possible with but it's not in e-commerce at least in the way I do e-commerce. Right. So um, I haven't quite found that yet. But uh, that being said, we've, you know, we do spend a lot of time together, of course, and, and I have that flexibility and I can do, you know, I can come and go at any time. And so, um, so that part is, I think, one of the biggest um, successes that I've had on the, on the family side, for sure, other than, yeah. you know, we've been able to go on a lot more vacations because I'm not limited to two weeks anymore. I can work from anywhere I want to. So we've been able to visit, you know, employees that we have. We have a couple employees in Costa Rica on our engineering staff. And so we've been able to go down as a family and spend time with their family and, and work. And those are things that I wouldn't have been able to do in the past at all that have been a, a huge, really, really neat opportunity. So, mm, I love that. you know, it all comes with uh, pros and cons, you know? Yep. 
Well, I really want to thank you so much for sharing your story and for really giving some uh, good insights as to how you have been building this all of these years and some really great strategies on how to do that. So thank you so much for being here, girl. Oh, thank you. That was really fun. So if you're interested in getting on her email list at any point in any type of these businesses that she has so that you could get deal a days, make sure that you go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 210. That's 210. Um, and there's a direct link to her sort of mother website so you could get to whatever one you want. Okay. Um, there were so many interesting lessons that I got from Jana. A couple of them were right from the beginning that concentration is key. And this really hones in on the like choose your niche and be focused, right? I love this idea that concentration, you can't be everything to everyone. So I really loved her driving that point home. I love that she really identified that she was so different because she wanted to ship fast and that was a huge benefit. She wanted to make sure her customers felt. And so for that reason, she's willing to take on the risk of having all this inventory and having to, as she said, go to Vegas, play Vegas every single day with her inventory because she wanted the customer experience to be that fantastic. Um, And then I loved how she prioritizes herself and how she kind of gets her team on board with everything and having quarterly meetings with what are the initiatives for this quarter, uh, having weekly meetings, making sure they're all on the same speed as far as what's coming up, what do we just complete, all that stuff. I just thought that those were all brilliant, very practical um, situations and pieces of advice on how to really stay forward thinking in your business. So I hope that you got a lot out of that as I did And uh, I would love to hear what you got out of it. So make sure you go to bizwomenrock.com forward slash 210 and just put a comment in the show notes and let me know what you liked. And of course, you're always welcome to go to Facebook and do a social media shout out wherever you are on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever it is, and just make sure to hashtag or uh, tag Katie Kremitzos and or bizwomenrock. All right. Can't wait to see you next time.